Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to ask you very kindly to give us a review on iTunes or any other platform you might be listening on that has review capabilities. It really helps us out with getting the show seen by more people, and I get the numbers. I know how many of you listen, so if I don't see exactly that many reviews next week, nothing's going to happen. I don't want this to take too long, so we're going to get into the show right now. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to episode 93 of Fear Frequency. It's me, Jimmy Champagne. And as always, I'm joined by George Frazard, my best friend. How's it going? Good, man. What's up? I heard you've been remodeling your entire office. Yes, uh, that's been my, my big project this week. So got, what all did you do? I got a TV that I mounted to the wall above my normal monitor and laptop setup. And then I got... The TCL special? The TCL special, the super cheap discount with all the good features all the bells and whistles um and then i got a secret labs chair nice so getting that was like a huge ordeal yes that was a massive ordeal not on the fault of secret labs i want to say first (laughs) off their shipping like system is also very stupid and shouldn't work the way it does it's like (laughs) essentially they'll sell out like like whole orders or something like every x amount of chairs will be an order and then they'll process those and then process the next one but there's so many variants of each of their chairs that like it takes a while for each order to fill typically so you wait a long time for like your batch to fill before they even send it out so first just getting it to ship was kind of an ordeal but to be fair they did ship it out very soon around the time they said they were going to ship it out earlier than they expected to that's good however Unfortunately, it was sent to the Oak Park FedEx Distribution Center, which is hell on earth, according to the local news. Yeah, there's like news stories about it, and like they talk about it on the radio and everything. Yeah, so this Oak Park FedEx Distribution Center uh, is so incredibly backed up that I talked to the guy who helped, like the guy who dropped off my chair helped me bring it into my house, and I talked to him about it. Because I thought it was weird that he drove up to my house in a Penske truck, like a normal person would rent Penske truck. He showed up, dropped this chair off, and then I was like, you didn't, like, not in a FedEx truck? And he was like, yeah, the Oak Park Distribution Center is crazy. He's like, what they do is, in the morning, they buy, they rent as many trucks for the day as they can get their hands on, fill it to the brim with as much merchandise as they can fit in there, and then just tell us to go. So, like, my chair had been sitting there for about two weeks before it even hit the road. It was out for delivery one day, didn't get delivered, was delivered the following day at like 8.30. So that place is completely a mess. Wow. That's terrible. I got, I was going to get one of those chairs, but then I saw how their shipping system worked and I was like, eh, I don't really know about that. And I also just assumed it would come in a box that had their logo plastered all over it, which meant if I wasn't at home, it'd probably get stolen. So I walked... There's a Staples like 100 feet away from me down the road. So I walked there and they had like a clone of the Secret Labs chair with like real leather and everything. And it's all metal and it was on sale for like 70 bucks. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just grab that. And then I just uh, took it home. And so I didn't have to deal with any shipping, which turned out it looks like to be a blessing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wouldn't call the shipping of this chair smooth in any way, shape or form. So you got the TV, you got the chair. What else? Got the TV, got the chair. I put some LED lights around the TV in the back of my desk so I can do like, I don't know, probably like 40 different color combinations. So it's it's a completely new new office for me now. That's awesome. So you're a real true gamer now. <laughs> yes, a true gamer. I ordered a, what I have a big mouse pad, you know, the long ones. It's like a long, I don't know what they're called. Like the whole desk mat one or like just the one that goes under the keyboard? It's just long. It's not wide. It's not tall. Okay. So it's extremely thick. It's like six, it's six inches thick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, I it's... It's cool. It's like a Star Wars one. I got it from work and it's got like the Empire logo and some Stormtroopers on it. Like, oh, it's pretty cool stuff. But then it just says like Stormtrooper in block font at the bottom of it. (laughs) And half of it is white. 
and i've been really careful about not putting anything on it but it's just like it's just getting dusty and it's like kind of stained so i went on amazon yesterday and i found one of those ones where the edge lights up like an led Mm -hmm. and it was only 20 bucks so i got that so that's coming tomorrow i'm pretty actually stoked for that everything rgb even the mouse pad i like that i don't understand why it's like a (laughs) meme i like the colors i put the one behind my tv it looks great it's good for games like death stranding and i changed it for um what was i playing um i was playing something else on my tv and i changed it red so that was cool it's very easy simple to change but having a nice desk setup is cool yeah it's uh to me it's made it a lot of the like i played death stranding on it i've been watching a lot of tv in my office as opposed to going down to the basement uh you got a futon in there you could just like tilt to the left and go to sleep (laughs) exactly it's that simple now you don't have to walk to your bed so speaking of being a gamer tomorrow is the xbox series x showcase where they're finally going to show off some games they've been working on and the big one is going to be halo infinite which they announced i'm just gonna say it way too early (laughs) two years ago at e3 they did that uh that teaser showing off the new engine which is called the slip space engine and then last year we got the announcement announcement saying that it it was like a whole trailer showing that it was going to come out this holiday so kind of kind of like a long tail on that announcement to release and they haven't said anything since last e3 pretty much so people were getting nervous but no tomorrow they're showing off the campaign and i don't know about multiplayer but they're being very specific and saying they're showing off the campaign and today they released the box art and this is Honestly, box art for games has gotten pretty fucking shitty over the past few years. So this is like the first time I've actually been excited to see box art in a while. Do you notice that? Or did it look cool to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you mentioned it in a tweet earlier, but it's, you know, throwback to the original Halo Combat Evolved uh, cover art with Master Chief kind of pointing at the, you know, at the viewer of the box with kind of all the halo stuff behind them the the big halo in the background and uh, i think it looks cool i'm excited for it yeah people have been picking up on little details hidden in it and one of them is that it looks like he has a grappling hook which is sweet and that's kind of letting people think and theorize that it's going to be open world to some degree because the halo ring as an open world would be awesome and obviously halo's always people act like halo's a doom style shooter but it never has been it's, it has moments where there's firefights like that, obviously, but there's a lot of downtime in Halo where you're driving from point A to point B or exploring like an open map. Halo 4 and 5 kind of stepped away from that and everyone hated it. And obviously they learned something from that because they took five years to make this game and they built a new engine for it and they're calling it a soft reboot. Obviously also they're telling something, they're saying something to the fans by changing the armor again because everyone hated the armor in Halo 4 and then they weirdly like did a half step for 5 where they just changed the color of it to be more like Halo 3. <laughs> but now they basically took the the suits from the first 3 Halo games and took the best aspect of each one and put it together for this one. So that's cool. I like that. And it just shows that they they know that this needs to be a hit like if halo infinite is not a huge game there's not going to be any more halo it it can't survive another bad game and not not to say that like four and five were bad they're just they're great sci-fi shooters they're just not great halo games you know yeah and i mean there hasn't been a ton of fanfare i don't think for halo recently until like i I think decent amount of people play the the master chief collection i'm happy to see that ported to pc obviously but um in terms of like i haven't really felt hype for a halo game since like halo 3 which was a long time ago so i hadn't really either until last year when i saw that awesome trailer and then had to wait over a year but just kind of like looking up reminding myself what happened in halo 5 and realizing what's going on in the story i can see why it's like a good way to end that trilogy they started with halo 4 but also be a soft reboot they're really going back to the roots we're obviously going to a halo ring which hasn't really happened in a long time in the series and halo rings are dangerous also cortana looks like she's the bad guy still which is cool because she goes nuts at the end of uh halo 5 and everyone's trying to run away from her but if you beat it on legendary there's like a secret ending where she kind of shows up at that halo ring so 
I think they're going in the right direction. I think they know that it needs to be like massive because this is the one franchise Microsoft has that Sony has never been able to even like come close to in terms of like gravitas and having an expanded universe of books and TV shows and stuff like that, you know? Right. Like it's, it's massive and it's kind of, even though it's fallen a little bit, it's still huge. So that shows just how big it's gotten over the past few years. And this will be the first one in a long time or maybe ever that's day and date on PC so I think that's also going to be a big boon for it. And it'll also be on Xbox One. So they're going to have a huge player base right out of the gate. Yeah, I can see, like you are saying, this kind of needs to be a hit for them. This console generation wasn't extremely good for Microsoft just because they never really had a big exclusive that hit at all that would really convince people to pick up the Xbox over the PlayStation. So I think this event that they're having is really the time for them to pull out the big guns and show, you know, all these studios that they've acquired, all these things they've been working on, all the, you know, for the past year, that they really need to bring their A game to this because this is like going to be a big determining factor for a lot of people. The big rumors are we're going to see Fable, which a lot of people think is the game that the Forza Horizon studio has been working on for a while because they announced a long time ago that they were working on a open world action game, and then the the Fable Twitter started lighting back up and everything. So a lot of people are pretty sure we're going to see Fable. And Eurogamer also said we are, and they are rarely wrong. So Fable's obviously going to be a big focus, I think. Um, which is good, because Fable 1 was a huge hit, right? Yeah. Fable 2 was also pretty big. Then Fable 3 was just a mess. PC version did not come out great. They worked on that weird action RPG for a long time that wasn't very good. They had that like 2D side-scroller version that... Like, wasn't good. And then, yeah, that, that four-player co-op one that I just mentioned never came out. They canceled it after doing multiple betas. They were just like, fuck it. We're not releasing it. So that series needs to kind of come back in a cool way. Obviously, we're going to see Hellblade 2. Uh, Outer Worlds DLC is going to be there, which is actually significant because a lot of people think... My, uh, well, I, I think this too. Microsoft is funding it, so it should be a lot big improvement over the actual main game instead of just like a small expansion and then hopefully obsidian has something other than that like a real triple a game to announce so they're, they're basically primed to really blow everything out of the water because while the playstation show was cool it felt a little pretentious and a lot of the games were just sequels to stuff we are sequels to stuff that came out on ps4 or stuff we already knew about like there was nothing really surprising yeah so if microsoft can come out with some new shit that really shows off all these studios they've been building up. I think they'll be pretty well primed. I think definitely, like even if they just have one big new IP that they drop that looks cool, I think that would be a big swing for them. Like if both Halo, if the new Halo game coming out looks sweet and Fable and a new IP, I think that's massive for them. Yeah, and they've actually been quietly doing really well despite Game Pass being like a way to play a lot of their games for nothing. Uh, sea of Thieves just came out on steam like a couple months ago and it sold over a million copies on steam so far just on steam which is crazy that game's constantly in the top like 10 or 15 or whatever games for steam so it's still pretty popular amongst pc players i played it at launch and i thought it was like embarrassingly bad that they released it in the state it was in but i played it last weekend with our friend ethan and it's really fun now i had a lot of fun with it i can see why it would be a good multiplayer game and their water the way the water looks and the way it behaves is i've never seen anything like it in a video game it's crazy so uh, that game is definitely worth checking out but yeah i just think they need more franchises other than halo and gears because even gears is getting stale like gears 5 was great game is like really polished really big it was a massive like pr like platform of a game but even then it just the gameplay didn't evolve that much you know they added the open world areas and side quests and stuff but it was still a little bit like dated feeling and the story just i don't know i felt like it was a weird choice to focus on kate so that series is kind of needs a reboot too i think another reboot because the last reboot isn't that great um so i think they need some new franchises besides yeah. forza halo and gears yeah definitely getting some fresh blood uh for that console i think would 
would really help them this generation. Yeah, and this is like kind of make it or break it for the Xbox Series X, I think, because uh, Sony's got the advantage again uh, this time around, but it looks like the Xbox is going to be cheaper, and it's not it's not even a marginally better console parts wise it's like a noticeably better console parts wise it's like the difference between the series x and the ps4 pro and the series x like or not the series x the one x it laps the ps4 pro like multiple times it's crazy the difference you get it's it is definitely a significantly better console in terms of graphics power like after using both of them that is definitely a more powerful console the series x looks like it's about 60 percent the size of the ps5 but also 20 to 30 percent faster and just better in most ways so and it doesn't look like a bad internet router right and it looks like it's going to be cheaper which is insane so if they can back it up with some really good games tomorrow like i i think they could pull away from sony a little bit which is really what they need to do yeah and especially like we kind of brushed over it, but Games Pass as a service is massive. $15 a month and getting access to like 150 plus games is huge. And Fallout 76 is on there now. And I think that game got a huge, massive boost of players because it's been on Steam. It's been uh, crazy seeing all the people playing that game, but like playing, you can get it through the Game Pass Ultimate on the Xbox app. And I definitely see a lot more people online. So that's cool. And then also they're adding in Xbox what's it called the cloud on x cloud x cloud is getting added on for free when that launches and that's just a way for you to play all of your games on your phone or your computer or wherever you are over the internet so that's that's the way to do it you don't do it like stadia where it's like a paid service right if you can bundle that into the game pass or xbox live ecosystem then you're golden yeah it's like a supplementary feature that's just being added on i think that's really smart and google should be scared of that because stadia sucks and (laughs) yeah so this event's tomorrow at 11 a.m eastern and i mean just my level of hype even though i'm definitely more of a plate like i like a lot more playstation franchises now just because microsoft doesn't have any halo is above all of those for me and the last time a halo game was bad i like kind of didn't play games for a year so i hope this one's good (laughs) yeah i definitely hope that it's good i'm excited to see uh you know what they have in store for us tomorrow let's get into some news here obviously it's a little light because the the world is ending and there's no entertainment anymore (laughs) so we finally got a teaser for don mancini's chucky show that he's been chipping away at since before the uh terrible remake was announced even really and not a great first showing i'm just gonna come out and say it it was the, the title treatment's great right it's the chucky logo with the nice uh, good guy colors like red blue yellow it looks like a toy obviously mm-hmm. teaser taking place in a toy store pretty cool other than that it's just like why did you bother it's all cgi the chucky is like a png moving like a paper craft toy it just doesn't it doesn't look premium to me at all it looks on par with the directed dvd movies which doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to me yeah, it's it's definitely in a weird spot, right? Like, it's obviously having Don Mancini working on it is really good. Like, having him behind it is is a massive like, boost for this franchise. I could see it being very good. Definitely, you know, hopefully better than that, than the reboot. But, you know, this teaser trailer doesn't show a lot. <laughs> doesn't show a lot. But that was like an opportunity for them to kind of show that it was going to be good, that people should tune in. And the fact that it's all animated and the way that Chucky holds up the knife is like so cheap looking that I, I just hope that the final product is, this isn't like an indicator of how the final product is. Well, with the remake movie, that's what they did with that Chucky. They did like silhouette 2d shadow figures like that, holding up the knife. So it's, that image was already in my head and seeing this do the same thing when even on the directed DVD movies, the Chucky dolls looked pretty good, especially how they moved and everything. I was just like, oh, it's a little disappointing. And knowing how talented of a writer Don Mancini is and also that Nick Antosca, the guy who uh, wrote that, the short story that the Antlers movie, which was supposed to come out this year, was based on and also Channel Zero, knowing that they're involved and pulling, doing all the legwork here, I just expected more, I guess. So hopefully this isn't indicative. But the weirdest thing is that it doesn't even match up with the synopsis of the show. 
So it's in a toy store. It looks like Chucky's going to be this brand new doll. But the synopsis is, after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, an idyllic American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets. Meanwhile, the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threatens to expose the truth behind the killings, as well as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who somehow became this notorious monster. So, like, that doesn't match up with a toy store at all, does it? <laughs> no. Like, I don't see how a toy store plays into that at all. And the weird thing is, like, that synopsis actually sounds kind of good to me. Like, I think that's a good setup for a show. Like, that's literally telling me, like, Chucky's going to show up at a kid's house, which is the best possible setting for that. Like, Child's Play 1 and 2 are the best movies in the franchise. And I guess Bride. I really like Bride. People hate those two movies bride and seed but they're definitely products of their time and they're original as fuck like they have great soundtracks really cool early 2000 vibes like the intro to uh man and medan yeah like, yeah you know, definitely. it feels like that kind definitely. of movie or like freddy versus jason like i don't and chucky's scary looking in that so i like those ones but having a kid in, involved to be the protagonist that's hanging out with chucky is smart I like that whole idea of, like, who's doing the murder, you know, the kid or the the doll, even though we know it's Chucky. Also, like, enemies and allies. We've heard that Jennifer Tilly is already on board. Don Mancini was teasing the return of uh, Glenn slash Glenda, <laughs> which I, I don't want. I, like, don't want it for, like, quality reasons, but i just like to see where something like that would go, right? Yeah, right. Like, especially because th- this sounds like they're, at least half of it sounds like they're trying to kind of bring it back to its, like actual horror roots like putting putting him in a town putting him with the kid these horrifying murders this like intrigue and mystery i don't see really how he fits into that kind of story at all but i mean it, i don't know I, I think there's a possibility for it to still be like ridiculous and funny but uh i just don't know i don't i can't envision it in my head how he fits in this story yeah the last aspect is that we it looks like they're teasing that we're going to see flashbacks to charles lee ray's childhood which is wild to me because the original script for child's play it was very very different it still had the chucky doll but i don't know if you remember this because it's been a long time but you remember in cult of chucky there's the one that kind of takes center stage that has the buzz cut. Yeah. And he's like kind of a different voice. Mm-hmm. That's what Chucky was originally going to look like. Like a weird little pudgy little buzz cut doll that looked more like a Cabbage Patch Kid than its own premium product. So that was going to be the doll. And it was definitely going to go more into the whole idea of like, is it the kid or is it the doll? And I think it was eventually going to be revealed that it was the kid doing all the killing and that he put like his it was something like his id or whatever, like all of the things that were telling him to do all these bad stuff. He put that into the doll and gave it its own personality and like sort of brought it to life, but it was really the kid doing everything. I feel like they're going to recycle that because Don Mancini's always talked about how pissed he was that didn't make it into the actual movies. So I feel like that'll show up in the show with Charles Lee Ray's childhood. Yeah, I can totally see that, especially with him seemingly having complete creative control over this show. Uh, if that's something that, like, an idea that he's toyed around with that he really liked, I could see him pretty easily slipping that into this. Yeah, and Universal seems like they're really trying to get this in front of people's eyes, which is a good sign because it's airing on Sci-Fi and USA simultaneously. And USA has some great shows, obviously. They had, like, Burn Notice, but Mr. Robot, and now they're going to have this. And also, my my description of the original Child's Play script was, was like, 100% paraphrased, so don't (laughs) to correct me because I don't care. But yeah, this comes out next year sometime. It must be already filmed because that was always the the time frame they were giving. I'm I'm kind of interested in it. I just I'm interested to like it's more morbid curiosity like watching a car crash. <laughs> yeah. Right. But there there's also the other side of the coin where there there's enough going for the show where it could be really good. Yeah, I mean I don't want to write it off completely yet, but um I don't know. It could be good. Guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm still in child's play retirement mentally, so <laughs> can't can't dedicate too much brain power to it. No, not that that fan base is not good. <laughs> Very mean. But next up here we have one that's basically just for me, Blasphemous, which is the 2D Metroidvania Dark Souls game that came out last year in October. Uh, that's getting free DLC, which 
is basically a relaunch of the game. It's called The Stir of Dawn. It comes out on August 4th. It's free. So you're getting new storylines, new NPCs, new bosses, new enemies, and new areas. You're getting new executions and counterattacks. Revamp map system with more fast travel locations. New items, animation, and level art, level reworks. New voice acting. New game plus so you can jump back in and try it all out. Like, if you waited to play this game, I, you were smart. Because this is all stuff that I was complaining about. Like, more fast travel. More reworked levels that make it easier to not need a guide towards the end. Some of the voice acting was fucking bad. So they're switching that seems like they're just taking their money and putting it back into the game which i like i played probably five hours of this game i mean i really liked the aesthetic of it like i thought it was cool how metal it was wearing the giant crown with the blood dripping out of your eyes and stuff i thought it was like awesome i love the the aesthetic of it um i i just am usually not very good at metroidvania games so i hopped off of it fairly quickly but uh i'll, I'll definitely check out all this new content since it's free what i got to lose yeah i'll definitely do a new game plus so if you guys want to check out the trailer bloody disgusting wrote it up but if you just search blasphemous dlc it'll come right up and then the last thing i put on here george new hide and eek decorations have been announced at target a lot of people are saying halloween is canceled this year but like what what aspect of it is canceled for people <laughs> right like trick-or-treating if you're an adult i don't think that's a thing it's like, yeah, you can't go to like a Halloween party, but you can still watch movies and put up decorations, right? Like, yeah, I mean, personally, if I don't have to get up and answer the door and give out candy to kids, that's a boon for me because I just get to hang out longer and watch more horror movies. Yeah, and some of these decorations are really cool. There's like a pumpkin little diorama that I would like to buy. There's a cool Yeti dressed up as a mummy. There's a Happy Halloween cat sign that's like that Bastille art from the 50s. They got the snake planter. Yeah, I was uh, browsing some of that. There's definitely quite a few items I'm going to have to try to risk it to my local Target and see if I can pick those up around uh, August, September. Just double mask up. Double mask up. It'll be worth it for the cat sign. Okay, last week we talked about how in Michigan it's required now that you wear a mask. Have you gone anywhere since then? Yeah, I mean, I still go to the grocery store and stuff. So people are people following the rules or are they defiantly not? not wearing masks uh, i mean for the majority i would say majority are following the rules like I, I went to the grocery store tonight and i didn't notice anybody not wearing one so i think nice. for the most part people are at least in my area you know pretty much like kind of metro detroit area are following the rules trying to you know abide by them so it, it's been decent as far as i've seen that's cool been no mask season in michigan since like March. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and now people people are finally listening that's great but uh yeah go check out the hide and eat decorations at target that's my that's my favorite place to get decorations every year that they have cool shit and it lasts a really long time it's like way premium and if you just wait till like the week before halloween it all goes half off and they they stock things up pretty well so if you're on a budget that's what i would do uh but yeah that covers it for the news this week so we watched some new movies, uh, but you watched The Burning, and then when I was writing down the synopsis and shit, I remembered how good The Burning <laughs> is. So what what inspired you to watch The Burning? Uh, so recently, Shudder had tweeted out a list of movies. The first one was um, The Beach House, and the second one was The Burning, and the third one was like a road trip movie. I can't remember what that one was, but... In, it inspired me to, uh, you know, just kind of browse Shutter, see what was going on. Uh, I hadn't seen The Burning, and it was like, you know, seemed like kind of a good, like a decent 80s slasher that was kind of a hole in my viewing history. So I was like, I'll throw that on. You know, it's easy enough to watch. It's on Shutter, And uh, I had a good time with it. I really liked it. Yeah, so I saw it. We, me and you definitely watched it, but the funny thing is it was the night where you drank three quarters of a fifth of crack, oh, Kraken. It was that night. So you've seen it before, <laughs> but you just don't remember it. It's completely blacked out of my memory. <laughs> yeah, so that it was on Shudder, like, back then. Really? Wow. So, yeah, that was, like, 2015 that it, it was on Shudder back then. And I, I had known about it for a long time, but that was the first time I saw it. And then last year, when I went to that Camp Fangoria 
overnight screening thing. It was one of the movies they did, which rip in peace on that event. Jesus Christ, that was so much fun. And now it's just never going to happen again, which is crazy. Yeah, but that sucks. Yeah, hopefully. I, I think they are looking for a buyer, I guess. But I don't really know what's going on there. I, I'm, ass, I'm assuming that they're having trouble finding anyone who A, wants to buy a magazine and B, will buy a magazine that's like so focused on being progressive because like i feel like that was an anomaly that they were able to run it exactly how they wanted having the cinestate backing but then the double-edged sword of that was that company was like employing rapists knowingly (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely a double-edged sword to put it lightly but i like what they're doing and i hope they can find someone who will let them keep running it how they want to run it because it was cool it felt like kind of punk rock like even though I wasn't like actively looking for progressive voices to f- be the majority of the magazine. I thought it was cool. Cause I read stuff I wouldn't have read otherwise just because I paid, you know, money for the magazine and I got actually some cool perspectives out of it. So I would like to see more of that magazine, but anyways, the burning is sick. Here's the synopsis. I'm going to put on some, uh, some campfire <laughs> crackling, like call back to our very first fear frequency. And this is straight off the Wikipedia and it's actually pretty well written. So, one night at Camp Blackfoot, several campers pulled a prank on their caretaker named Cropsy by setting a warm riddle <laughs> by setting a worm riddled skull with candles in the eye sockets next to his bed. When he is awoken by the campers banging on his window, he gets frightened by the skull and accidentally knocks it onto his bed, which starts a massive fire. The flames reach to a gas tank, which ignites Cropsy and his cabin. He runs outside, engulfed in flames, and stumbles into a river as the boys flee. They assume he's dead because he disappears, right? But he's alive. Spoilers. He comes back to murder the kids. That's that's kind of the weird part, right? Is like, it's a slasher movie. I mean, I guess it's not that weird. There's all kinds of slasher movies where you know who the villain is the whole time. And they don't really frame it like a mystery, but it's weird that, like, they leave it ambiguous that he was dead or not in the first ten minutes, but then it's obviously him as the killer for the whole movie. He's such a stealth operator that you feel like there's going to be a twist. And there just never is. Well, that... He's, like, a very stealthy killer. Right, and, like, they do, you know, there's the scene where they're sitting around the campfire, and they basically tell the story, like, as if it were an urban legend. So... It is an urban legend. Cropsy is an urban legend. They made a documentary about it called Cropsy. I'll have to check that out. It's the, the it's a, I think there's reenactments in it. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's really good. It's on Shutter. It's it's been there for a while. It came out in like 2014. Yeah. It's like pretty fucking cool. It's kind of plays out like a found footage movie, sort of, but it's a full on documentary. I highly recommend it. So Cropsy is like this New York State urban legend, and the Weinstein brothers. <laughs> We're like, that's definitely public domain. So I guess Harvey Weinstein, the big rape guy, he wrote the movie. And then Bob Weinstein uh, went found someone to produce it with him or something. And the singer of Yes composed the score. Those are the fun facts. <laughs> it does have a very creepy, rapey vibe th- throughout a lot of its plot. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely one character that is, like, a just a full-on date rapist. Not that he completes the act, but it definitely, like, tries to pressure women into sleeping with him who are clearly uncomfortable, so... And he's, like, the ugliest dude on the trip. He's, like, really hairy. He's got shitty head hair. I don't like him. And I, my favorite is that this is the right guy, right? The guy who, pr- who brings the girl skinny dipping yes, with him. that guy. And then he just lights her. He completely lights her up for not wanting to fuck him in a river in front of everyone, basically. <laughs> he, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he goes off on her. And it was a standout moment of comedy for me in that movie. Yeah, he definitely lights her up. And then she is one of the first victims of Cropsy. And he kind of becomes suspect number one, or he's questioned. That's that's good writing, because everyone's already mad at him, and they're already like dubious of him, and then that happens. It's like, okay, I believe why they're, uh, you know, suspecting him to be the killer. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, to me, the biggest shock of the movie was seeing young Jason Alexander with hair, who's like pretty handsome. 
I never expected George Costanza to be in like decent shape with a good head of hair, so that was pretty shocking to me. And he's great in the movie. He's like the standout role. Great in the movie. Very likable character. Like extremely likable. There's a lot of great moments in this movie. Like most of his one-liners are great. The fact that at the end there's like the crops he uses a big drill as a weapon. I really like that. I thought that was cool. And then um, there's also a part where some of the kids go on like they take a raft to go get help right yeah it's like there's yeah they go searching for help and then they at the end of the movie the raft kind of rolls back in and they're like oh we'll we'll go check on them or like check and see what's going on and as they swim up to the raft it's just a bunch of disembodied like arms and legs and torsos all bloody body parts yeah that reveal is incredible it's a really it, it does it does have a pretty solid budget like it's not filmed shitty it doesn't feel like trash you know it feels like a solid good summer slasher what did you think of it overall yeah totally i really liked it i you know it fits very well it's very timely right now watching these summer horror movies uh definitely you know something i really enjoyed and i would add to my summer horror rotation yeah and it has a really cool poster and title sequence too i i really like that movie it's really grown on me plus you kind of you sort of get the hipster pick if you talk about it because it seems like it's sort of under the radar like it's essentially you know it's like friday the 13th if you're too cool for friday the 13th yeah when did it come out do you know 81 i want to say uh yeah 81 so yep 81 that's a good follow-up to Halloween as well. It's like you took all the best stuff, like the stuff that made Halloween really good as a slasher, and kind of rolled with it. Because this movie must have been like on ban lists all over the place because it's pretty violent. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some pretty gory kills, especially for for the time. Came out in May 8th, 1981. Perfect timing. It did. It doesn't look like it made a lot of money. No, it looked like it only made about half its budget back at the box office. But, and I don't even know if it's really considered a cult hit or not because I haven't really heard too many people talk about it. Uh, you know, it might be cheap. You know, maybe that's why Shutter has it because it's pretty cheap, like unknown treasure. But uh, I enjoyed it and would definitely recommend people check that out, especially if you have a Shutter subscription. So it opened on May eighth, nineteen eighty one, in Florida on one hundred and ten screens, with a regional rollout following on May twenty second. According to Variety, the film did especially well in Buffalo, New York, near where it had lens, which makes right. sense because Cropsey's an urban legend there, playing in three theaters and two drive-ins, bringing in $33,000. Interest soon fizzled, and the film suffered more than a 50% drop-off in box office receipts the following week. That's crazy. It's, like, not bad. No, it's definitely not. It's a totally competent slasher movie set in a camp, and... With a cool urban legend. People called it a Friday the 13th ripoff, but it's definitely better than the first two Friday the 13ths by a wide margin. (laughs) I would, yeah. I mean, I would watch this over like a good number of the Friday the 13th movies. I like the first two Friday the 13th movies, except for the fact that their plot is enough to fill one movie, even though two. And you know it because there are so many shots of people just walking (laughs) wide shots of just walking not talking not even exposition which is still bad but acceptable it's just stretching stretching a budget to hit the fucking uh theatrical length yeah that 90 minute mark so they can put it in a theater yeah so i don't know i think it's a pretty solid movie i really liked it i might revisit it again because i saw this movie over a year ago and i remembered so much of it Which is rare these days, because we watch so many movies, you know? Yeah, totally. But, uh, yeah, I really liked it. I I gave it a solid three star, and I'd say it's a good inclusion on anybody's summer horror movie list. George says, check it out. (laughs) So, the other movie we have is The Pool. We have two more movies, guys. This is a a solid week for us. The Pool, we, we, we talked about on the show. It came out in 2018, but it just showed up on Shudder. We talked about it back in some somewhere around 2018 or 2017 because it was announced at the same time as 47 Meters Down was coming out. So people were like, oh, what's it going to be called? Like four <laughs> meters down? <laughs> we made that joke. I distinctly remember that. And I thought it was in English. Turns out it's a Thai, Thailand movie, Thai movie, directed by a guy named 
George didn't want me to try and say <laughs> the name, so I'm going to do it. The director is Ping Lum Prey Long. No, Ping Lum Prep Leong. That's it. I put a hyphen in there to phonetically say <laughs> it. Um, and then it stars Thiradej Wong Pua Pan as Day. And then you've got Ratnaman Rat. Wait, Ratnaman Ratchi Ratham as Koi. That was pretty good. Pretty good. I gotta say, you did better than I expected you to. Too. That was good English pronunciation of Taiwanese, not Taiwanese, Thai names. Thai <laughs> names. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really good, first off, because I don't like watching foreign movies a lot because I usually watch movies when I'm working. It's nothing against foreign movies. It's hard to read subtitles when I'm editing video, you know? So I was looking for an English-speaking movie, Luckily, I haven't been able to do any of my work all week because our server went down. So I watched this movie and it was great. I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Uh, I had a really fun time with it. I watched it based on your recommendation. Probably not something I would have uh, noticed otherwise, but uh, it was cool. I I thought that uh, the main character, Day, was pretty likable. Uh, Koi was also pretty likable as the love interest. Uh, the alligator crocodile didn't look the greatest that i've ever seen in a movie uh the model's fine but just like in motion and attacking him just like does not work for me uh and you can tell when they cut to the real alligator (laughs) which is a problem like that should be almost like you know you you can't tell when they change it just because then it makes the cgi model look even worse but um i mean just the, the trials and tribulations that they face in this pool are way more than I could have ever imagined. It is a mean movie. My favorite thing about it is like, yeah, like it is not concerned with being realistic in any way. It's more concerned with telling a compelling story, which is the kind of movie I like. Like, I don't, it doesn't bother me that the alligator can close its eyes and its eyelids <laughs> aren't clear, right? Like that, so, you know, some people are just going to sit there and nitpick the shit out of it though, yeah. right? That's not me. I, I'm like, I'm all in from go because the plot of this movie is he's like the art director guy or something like on a movie that's yeah art director of a commercial some kind of commercial production uh falls asleep in the pool for too long as it's being drained he can't get out of the pool because the water level is dipped and there's no ladder out and uh as he's at the bottom of the pool the alligator gets in there with him and then he has to survive in the pool with him right and the reason that he can't just climb out is because it's like an olympic pool for diving or something it's not like it's not like the swimming pool at your house or even if you were stuck in the deep end you could just jump out like it's very deep yeah and it's a real pool it's not like a set so that's kind of sweet uh right out of the gate gotta knock five out of five stars off to make it a zero because (laughs) there's a fingernail rip off (laughs) moment sorry (laughs) Uh, I don't like that. He's trying to climb out of the pool and that deters him from ever trying again, which I agree with because that would suck. I mean, it would hurt. It would hurt to pull yourself out with missing one of your fingernails with a raw wound like that. They make it come halfway off and then you forget about it. And then 20 (laughs) minutes later, they're like, oh yeah, check this out. And he rips it off. Great. Fucking hated that. Also, I found it hilarious. Some people might not like it. There's a part where a dog runs Mach 5 off the edge of the pool and hangs itself. And then he uses it to try and climb out like the dog's dead body. He uses it as a ladder because it's connected to a leash. The way it's played out on screen is fucking comical to me. <laughs> Obviously, like it, like in fiction, it's a very sad moment. However, the fact that they have him climb this dog body dummy to get out of the pool is like unbelievable in in action if you look at it objectively it's incredible (laughs) they've established by that point that the dog is like a genius you know it's a commercial dog that's acting in the commercial this guy's its trainer daze's trainer and then it's just like no i'm gonna eat myself (laughs) off the side of this pool because it needs to serve the plot there's a lot of stuff like that that happens but it's all awesome the movie does get a little melodramatic there's a lot of montages with like epic stock music and stuff yeah the alligator is able to do some crazy things <laughs> like 
There's that. He's a pretty fucking beefy alligator. There's like the really weird, moral, like Kanye West level anti-abortion message in the movie that was yeah, pretty so strange. Yeah, so you can explain that. I'll let I'll let you put your foot in your mouth on this one. <laughs> so, uh, the character Koi, who's Day's girlfriend, fiance, fiance. They're they right? Fiance doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah we'll say fiance. They're together. Uh, we're not Christians, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. We're not like upset that no. she's pregnant because she's not so uh, she is pregnant, <laughs> and one of the plot points is basically that Day thinks that he is like not good enough as a provider to bring a kid into the world. So when Koi straight up asks him if he wants a kid or if she should abort it, he kind of just stays silent, like she should. And that sets off this, like, massive conflict between them. And so it's, like, this weird driving force from the rest of the movie to get out of the pool so that they can save the baby. And he can, like, prove to himself that he's a man and, like, can be a father. And that was just, like, a very weird extra dimension to the story that I don't think needed to exist. Especially when Koi has a serious head injury uh very early on in the movie and is underwater and has to be resuscitated it does not breathe for like 10 minutes and there's no way that child is alive (laughs) there's no way her lips are purple she's dead she she's on the top diving board and like i mentioned this is like a diving pool it has a purpose of being for olympic people and when she goes to jump off he's like no, don't jump in because he's stuck in the pool, right? So yeah, the house on the water level is just, just too low to get out of the pool. Yeah, so she hits her head on the back of the diving board and falls and belly smacks the water. Like there, if she lived through that in real life, the baby would not. It's one or the other. To me, but again, this movie does not give a fuck, which I appreciate. <laughs> it's just like no. This is what happened. Take it or leave it. And I took it. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right, though. That that whole subplot of, like, no, every man should want the baby is kind of the vibe it's putting off. Not in love with that because by most accounts, it looks like the abortion choice would be better for them since they have zero chemistry. And, and the baby is really the only thing keeping them together. And there's no way that baby's coming out not bent at a 90 degree angle after the fall she takes. There's a whole slew of issues with this, with that dimension of the plot and the rest of the plot if you take it, you know, way too seriously. But if you, I don't know, I thought it was like fun other than that. Like fighting the alligator, those scenes are like hilarious because the CGI is not good. Uh, but if you just kind of like turn your brain off and let yourself enjoy it, I think it is like a good story with pretty like i think day is actually like a fairly compelling leading man yeah he's a good good looking dude good actor there's a part where he wakes up and the alligator's chomping on his leg and he kicks the (laughs) shit out of it which is awesome he the alligator takes so much abuse my favorite weapon he uses against it though is when he unspools the duct tape and just (laughs) like whipping it with the duct tape rule he's just like whacking it also the bandage he makes out of the duct tape is hilarious they show her head injury and it's like Oh, her spinal cord is severed, but no, she's fine. Yeah, she she can so. live. He also there there's another weird dimension of the plot where he's a diabetic, and he has to get his insulin. That was like a weird oh, yeah, really side thing, especially because the movie is it even an hour and a half long? Uh, it's pretty short. It was like an hour and a half. We could call it that. Okay, I want to say it was like even sub hour and a half, and there's like two giant side plots going on in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they do a good job of showing how uh people wouldn't notice that he's in there like they they cover that pretty well it's really fun i give it three stars i want to say you know it's like a solid movie it's another another one like the beach house where i'm I'm glad i watched it but now that the mystery is gone i I don't really feel any need to watch it again but i think if you have a shutter subscription it's definitely worth checking out yeah i mean i would say if i would recommend this to somebody who likes those like sci-fi level like Sharknado style movie because it's like same production value and way better as a story. Um, 
I'm glad I watched it, but I wouldn't have any... I would never sit down and watch it again, I don't think. It provides nothing that Crawl doesn't, and Crawl's in English, so if you want to watch something with your friends, I'd pick Crawl, I want to say. Yeah, I really liked Crawl. I thought that was a really good movie. Yeah, so that's The Pool. It's available on Shudder. Um, next up here, we talked about this movie very recently, like... Since the, 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 I think it was the first episode back, right? We talked about Could've it. Could have been. Aqua Slash. Because it had a little bit of um, fanfare leading up to it with, uh, there was a few, there was like a, te- a teaser trailer. There was a few articles written about it. Looked like it was going to be. Yeah, John Squires really did the yeah, work really, on this one. Really put the work in promoting it. Uh, got us both interested. I mean, also got even some of the big boys watching it, such as Red Letter Media. So, we've you know. Everyone forgot about it except for them. Yeah, exactly. Like, Bloody exactly. Disgusting didn't review it. I didn't see a single person on my timeline talk about it. Then suddenly Red Letter Media does a video about it. I'm like, oh, fucking yeah. That's like that's a movie. And then you watched it, which inspired me to watch it. Yes. So you can handle this. What did you think? <laughs> Not very good, in my opinion. So the, the basic setup is uh, it's a graduating class. Goes to this water park every year since like 1985 or something. Uh, a couple of kids died in the water park in the 80s, but this graduating class always visits here every year to have like a big graduation blowout. And um, they show up, a killer is on the loose again, and uh, kids die in the water park. Um, the, the good things about this movie are it is shot really well. Extremely well for what it is. I don't know, though, why it isn't set in the 80s when every single kid is wearing 80s clothes. It's the water park looks like it's straight out of the 80s. All the employees are wearing 80s clothes. Like, there's nothing about this movie that says that it's modern in any way, shape or form. It just is trying so hard to have that 80s vibe playing 80s music. Everyone's dressed. I I just don't understand why it isn't set in that time if it's trying so hard to look like it is right because cell phones aren't really a factor in it at all there's teased hair it's that crazy (laughs) 80s also the brand of humor in it is exactly the same as reno 911 (laughs) yes yes like the people don't feel real they don't feel like they're in our universe they feel like they're in one adjacent to us you know yeah like they're caricatures they're not real people like no you know there's like the super jealous boyfriend character that is like almost the guy from Toxic Avenger that's running over kids in the parking lot getting imaginary points because <laughs> he's just so insane. Uh, like, nobody feels real at all in this movie. Um, as far as the slasher aspect goes, there's one scene with actual big practical effect kills, which is, if you've looked at anything for this movie, is the one thing you've seen, which is the people sliding down the water side with the two giant knives in it. Which is a cool kill, is a cool scene in the movie, but that is one of, I think, two kills in the entire movie. Yeah, a lot of off-screen kills, um, but it is awesome when the kid... Because there's, there's three slides that I guess are exactly the same to, in this universe, and the big event of the weekend is a slide race with teams. And one of the slides has the sword that cross swords... And when you see the girl go into it and then get chopped into like four pieces and then she, her legs slide out of the bottom of the slide, it is worth the price of admission <laughs> for that alone. I was dying laughing. And then just it's so over the top after that. There's just blood like pouring out of the slide. There's- yeah, the whole pool is red. Multiple people keep going on the slide and hitting the same two knives. <laughs> I, I will say the one thing that was pretty effective was, like you were saying, the slide race, where the three teams go down the slides and you don't know which one's going to be the one that is going to hit the knives. Like, that was actually kind of a cool... And it's the one I wanted, which was great, because I hated yeah, that girl. that was kind of a cool, I don't know, story device to kind of split that up like that. Um, but really... And it just kind of goes off the rails there, because... There's a guy at the bottom who has a walkie-talkie, and they cover the fact of, like, 
why doesn't he just tell them not to keep going down the freaking <laughs> slide with uh he falls he faints when he sees the bottom half of the girl come out and then he breaks his ankle and then for some reason he can't like radio up there so the more people keep going down which then in turn pushes the people who are safe into the stores yes. so if more people get chopped up the amount of blood coming out of the slide is great and my favorite part is when the the pool at the bottom is completely blood there's two people sitting on the side of it as if nothing has happened. <laughs> not, like, not even phased. Which makes me think that they had to film some stuff while the water park was open. <laughs> you think so? For, for like, business. Yeah. Because it's very clear that they didn't dye the pool at, at that point. It's an overhead shot of the pool. It'd be very easy to just color it red. And that would kind of explain why the people just sitting on the edge <laughs> look like they're having the time of their lives. <laughs> But that was the only production value related thing that felt shitty to me. And there's even like the 80s music video in the middle. And the band that they have do the song isn't that bad. They're okay. They're not bad. Yeah, I thought that that, that was like a totally you know decent cover of 80s songs. Um, pretty fun. I mean, none of the kids in the band are really anything special. One of them is like technically, I would say, the protagonist, but really has no flavor at all to him. Yeah, there's really no main character in the movie. There's a lot of them. But they all kind of suck as people. So you're not really rooting for really anyone in this movie. There's a whole subplot, which doesn't matter at all. Where um, Because there's like a mystery aspect for no reason. So you're trying to figure out who the killer is. But you forget there's even a killer <laughs> because there's no kills in the movie. Yeah, a lot of the movies just watching all, this, all these high school kids just be bad. <laughs> Like, it's just weird how it's structured. Yeah, the median age of the actors is 40. <laughs> I don't sure. think so. 32, no question. Maybe. 32, No maybe. question. Dude, there's, like, a lot of the girls have, like, not that there's anything wrong with this, obviously. Like, like what you like. But there's a lot of cellulite and wrinkled skin on high schoolers. Which just, in reality, isn't a factor. <laughs> I mean. I don't think. I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely. The guy from Africa is old. Yes. For sure. Yes. He is old. I like I liked his accent though. I liked it. the way he told people to fuck off was <laughs> awesome. He just had a really good punch behind all of his insults. And uh but yeah, there's a mystery aspect where they want you to try and figure out who the killer is, but the ki- the killer's not really a factor. So it's like the dad is the comically evil businessman cuz they want to say like capitalism's bad, of course. And then his kid is sort of the main character. He's the singer of the band. And then there's a Red Litter Media brought this up. There's a lady who, like, runs the water park, and she is very clearly supposed to be played by a horror staple who may not have had a career pan out that's <laughs> looking for work that they could have brought back, like a PJ Souls type or, I don't know, D. Wallace. I feel like this is her <sighs> caliber at this point. It's no one. It's just a no-one actor. She's pretty good at the role. Um you're supposed to suspect her there's like so many different working parts for no reason probably because they needed to fill the 90 minutes no this movie's sub hour and a half this movie's 111 it's an hour and 11 minutes is the runtime oh my god yes wait really an hour and 11 minutes minutes? that's how long this movie is so it's not even it's not even a feature film no (laughs) what the fuck well i recommend it i mean it was worth six bucks i mean It was like you're saying, it's worth it to see the slide, but I would not expect like this would be a, a very good put it on and then drink a hundred beers with your friends movie. Uh, but it does not really have any value other than that to me. Right. So out of the three movies we talked about this week, we got the burning, which is made by rapists, which is bad. But it's a fun movie to watch and like if you don't watch any Weinstein movies that cuts out like half the Halloween franchise so we'll give it a pass I guess that's a good movie and then we got the pool which even though we kind of shit on it for its overall production value it totally buys into its act so and I think it has a lot of heart really good too. it's like very good <laughs> yeah you can tell someone everyone working on it wanted to be there and they're enjoying themselves and it's like it's a gripping movie it's not like no, you're sitting definitely there bored not. so that's that's good. Aqua Slash, out of the three, I'm going to give it no awards because... Or if I'm going to give it an award, it's most missed potential <laughs> because it should have been really good, but it isn't. Yeah, it had all the makings of something like 
a Piranha 3D where if it was just more fun, like it has the fun, but it doesn't have any of the gore or kills or the whole slasher aspect doesn't work at all. Like if those things worked, if there was some better pacing, there was like a better payoff, I think it could have been good, but it just, just did not pay off. So to give you guys a tease for next week, I think we should watch Dave Franco's directorial debut, The Rental. I have not. Have you heard of this? Okay. I heard it's okay. I've seen like wildly varying takes on it. Some people say it's really boring, but some people say it's one of their favorite movies of the year, which is my, I love movies like that. And then friend of the show, Jonathan Barkin, or no, friend of the show, Jonathan Barkan, since he's corrected me a thousand (laughs) times on that, uh, he... Through his company, the Horror Collective released a movie called Blood Vessel, which is being likened to Overlord by other friend of the show, Alex DiVincenzo. So, might have to check that out. Heard it's uh, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Overlord was definitely uh, overlooked. Yeah. So, we're also playing Death Stranding. We can talk about that next week, since I think we'll bro- both have beaten it by then. I have a decent amount of time into it. I'll try my I'll try my damnedest to have it finished by then. I looked up how many chapters there are. We're both like over halfway through the game. Yeah, I would say, and that kind of makes sense. Like in terms of how many stations I have, yeah. I'm like, I have over half the United States. Because I was anticipating you having to trek all the way mm-hmm. back as being part of it, but I don't think that's the case. Okay. Still, I'm really enjoying my time with that game. Just a, a spoiler, I really like that game so far. Yeah, and this week was a good week to prove that we can fill an hour when nothing is happening. So that's that's another positive here. Totally. And we got three summer horror movies. Check them out. Yeah, so we're right in the thick of it. Guys, really, please, leave us an iTunes review. Five stars preferred. We'll take four and a half, though. I mean, like, if we really want to... You know, <laughs> if you really, really can't spare that extra half a star. Yeah, just give us five stars. Leave a review. We'll read it on the show. All right, guys, that's going to be it for episode 93 of Fear Frequency. As always, if you listen to the end, thank you. Got some new videos in the works. One of them I'm really excited for. And we'll see you next week. Bye.